Hi! Welcome to a podcast of Smut and Dragons, where two MILFs talk about books that have dragons, smut, and sometimes both. Please note that neither of these MILFs claim to be experts in literature, but we are experts on vibes. We may occasionally spoil an extremely minor plot point, but we'll keep it to the first few chapters. Honestly, if it really bothers you that much, are you okay? Is everything alright at home? You can tell us, bestie. We love you. Oh, wow. Um, so now we're trying to figure out maybe we should just do a movie night. That might be easier. But anyway. <laughs> and we're just the way, though. I want to know if y'all remember this movie, if you watched this movie. Do you remember the movie Princess of Thieves? Oh, with- yes, I do. With yes. Kira Knightley? Yes. Where she was Robin Hood's daughter. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, no, maybe I'm not thinking of the same movie. Okay, I'll bring up the image. It's it's important. It, that is important. This I- movie <laughs> came across my TikTok feed, and I, <laughs> I had a moment. I had a full flashback moment of I haven't thought about this in years, in 15, maybe 20 years. Okay, hang on. Princess... You see this movie? This movie right here? <gasps> no, yes. Okay, yes. It awakened as soon as just I saw a, the picture. Yeah. This one here? Yeah. Gwen. Oh, yeah. Yes. She plays yes. Gwen. Oh, oh, my God. And that was so good. In the recesses of my brain. Yes. And that is a movie that my sisters and I were like, we need to get together and watch that together um, after it re-entered my consciousness. Because I had forgotten all about how good, how great that movie was. Fantastic. We need to, re- we have, we simply must realive it because it has been lost to time. It is lost to time this, the same way that Little Vampire has been lost to time. Yes. Where you say it and then everyone's like, oh my God, the Little Vampire. And this is the same way because Princess of Thieves, that's Hobbit Court. She's out it here is. looking some type of way in those clothes. Okay. She's yes. layered. A hundred percent. Everyone looks so good in those clothes. Oh, except when they do the monks with the haircut. That's the only time. <laughs> you know you what? Know? We simply must take monks out of stuff. Quit putting them in there. <laughs> stop! Stop putting monks in your shit. Want to I don't want there. to see any more monks. <laughs> the only one that you're allowed to. I like the Faramir crossover into Van Helsing when he's a random little horny monk. That's yes. fine. All of the other, I'm like, you, what are you doing here right that now? That is the line. <laughs> oh, hey guys. Welcome back to a podcast of Smut and Dragons. <laughs> I totally forgot we were recording. Time to do a podcast. Sometimes we talk about books. I'm Maggie. I'm Jillian. And today we have a special guest. This is, welcome to the show, TikTok storyteller and fellow smut lover, Summer England. Say hi, Summer. (laughs) Hello, everybody. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is so exciting. We are so excited to have Summer on here. Uh, This was a little dream to have her on. Not a little dream, a big dream. (laughs) Yeah, we, we, Jillian and I have been following Summer's account for a long time. Long time. 
We love her Hobbit Core content. We love her Book Talk content. And recently, of course, all of the stories about The Neighbor, dun, which dun, you dun. finally told him you love him, according to the series now. And I did. Full scream. Full scream. <laughs> crying, throwing up. Um, all of the above. My DNA was changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Romance isn't dead. <laughs> We say this both happily married. Happily married. Yep. Uh, absolutely loved it. We are so excited. So thank you. Welcome to the show, Summer. I, I am so excited. <laughs> so nervous. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm here fully just walking on a treadmill, just random, <laughs> holding, raw dogging my mic in the air. Just letting it float around. So thank you so much. I am so excited to be on your podcast. So one thing about your, I'm just going to, I just have to just wax poetic about your podcast is that I usually have a difficult time listening to people conversate back and forth because I usually feel like I'm missing. I don't, I'm not getting their jokes, but you all are just, you're so funny. I don't even care. Sometimes, like if sometimes you say a joke that's obviously an inside thing or it's just your own thing, the vibe is so potent and real. I'm like, I'm just glad to be a part of this right now. Oh, thank you. That's so that's sweet. So sweet. We've, gotten, we've gotten feedback like that before where it's like people have said, we just love that we're listening. We just feel like we're listening to two besties. So, and, and that's really sweet. Thank you, Summer. Yeah. And uh, it helps that you're all really funny. Well, Thank you. that does help. Yeah. We are and really, hot. We are really funny and hot. And yeah. you're really funny and hot. Period. And you're a MILF as well. So that's why you're here. All, all MILFs around the table today. And by the table, I mean the ironing board. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, my my uh, my whole thing. I you all are propped up on a bunch of Shakespeare novels by my monitor. So it's Hell MILF yeah. city in here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, speaking of listeners, um, giving us feedback, I wanted to shout out real quick, Karis, who emailed us, we got some fan mail from Karis. Um, we are so excited. Thank you for reaching out. Um, I just wanted to read out just a little bit of what Karis has said. Um, I won't read the whole message, but, uh, this says, hello, I've been meaning to send in a little sassy message for a while now, but I wanted to wait until I was caught up on the podcast. Uh, they've been listening for a bit and they were excited when Jill went into the dusk Walker brides. Um, not much of a reader, but I've been gaining interest, and that's particular partially thanks to your podcast. Aww. I've been using it as a way to accrue more books for my to read list for when I'm not occupying myself with whatever video game I'm hyper fixating on. Same busty. She congratulated um, me on the womb spawn. Perfect. She's here with us today. You can hear her hiccuping. And congrats <laughs> to surviving Jill's recommendations, Maggie. Um, and you know what? Thank you. Thank you for that. We're all here. You don't get enough recognition for that. You really do I enjoy really a lot. Don't. I really don't. I enjoy a lot. Uh, thanks for all the good recommendations, and I looked forward to hearing more. Uh, signed, one of your gay listeners who wanted Spicy Dragon Men but got something slightly better out of it. And Aww. you know what? That's great feedback. We should probably find more Spicy Dragon Men. Listen. <laughs> Just a shrug. Heard. <laughs> Jillian's making a mental note. So thank you, Karis, for reaching out. Okay, so 
I would rock, paper, scissors, but we have a guest today. So we're just going to dive right in. We're going to talk about books. Summer, right. you brought a book. I hope you did. I sure did. Yay. <laughs> Fantastic. <I> sure did. <laughs> Plus. Participation You gave award. me an assignment and I was so excited for the homework. Good. Yeah. All right. Well, tell us about your book, Summer. Okay. Today, I'm bringing to you One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston. Okay. Oh. Author of Red, White, and Royal Blue. Okay. Fantastic, fantastic author. They are yes. one of my favorites. I found them this year or I, you know, got with pop culture and was like, I should read the thing that everybody else is reading. And One Last yep. Stop is a queer contemporary romance but with sci-fi fantasy elements, okay? Okay, and just as a titillating tantalizer, everything they do is in public on the subway. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. So let's get to, okay, let's get to the bones. One, we are, our protagonist is August. She is a thick Virgo queen. And literally, Damn. she's introduced. <laughs> I know. You're a Virgo? I am. Jillian's a Virgo. I am. I love her. Are you August or September? August. August 31st. Ooh, cuspy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Virgo sun, an Aries rising, and a Pisces moon. I am a Leo sun and a Taurus moon. I don't know what my other shit is. We're going to have to look that up later. Wow, that's so gentle. Fiery and gentle. Leo I am and a gentle. Taurus. Thank you. That's, that's like chill, gentle, guarded. It's so funny because the way you said that was so ungentle. I am gentle. <laughs> it's like you sent me to prison with that. <laughs> I'm gentle. I I am a Virgo Capricorn Capricorn. I have like five placements in Capricorn. So it's uh-huh. all. Oh, she, you know, I feel another that. Virgo in the house. <gasps> oh, yes. Yeah. I don't remember. September 13th. Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, my goodness. We are a week apart. I'm September 20th. Okay. Well. We're all slay. No. Maggie so- must be feeling so left out. The only non Virgo in the room. That's okay. We get it. You do have a Taurus placement. But here's the thing is that whenever I have never read a novel wherein as soon as we're introduced to the character, it's like, and she's a Virgo. I felt like the author was like, I just want to let you know that pragmatism is going to be both the obstacle and also the sexy thing that happens in this book. And that's true. Because I feel like that's one of the only earth signs. We have like Pisces and some of them that are kind of upfront, but for the most part, in a book, I feel like Virgo, everybody just is on the same page. They're like, okay, a Virgo, there's like Vir- Virgo women, cancer guys. Everyone knows what's going on. And yeah. that's, it's their greatest weakness, greatest strength sort of situation, okay? So already, okay? She moves, She she's moving away and she's escaping to New York, all right? So while we have this whole romantic thing going on in this whole book, there's also this undercurrent of her mom had her one, she was like a test tube baby, which I thought was such a fun little wrinkle. Her mom was just like, put an egg in me and then let me have my own child. <laughs> so yeah. funny. Okay. But her mom was obsessed with this cold case because her mom's brother went missing when she was a little girl. All right. And so we're also following this story a little bit. I, if anybody who's read uh, Beach Read by Emily Henry, it's sort of like the occult vibe randomly underneath that. Okay. And so August spent her entire life 
trying to help her mother solve this cold case for her mom's brother, Augie. All right. We'll get back to that. Anyhow, so August moves to New York. She oh, gets she a job. names her daughter yes. after her brother. Indeed. Okay. Indeed. Pick that up. Yep. And so the when we get introduced to the mom in this, it's all like very neurotic phone calls to August about, did you open that file that I sent you? And August keeps not opening the file because before she goes to New York, her mom says, hey, I think that there's a person that, you're, that your uncle knew in New York. And August is like, I'm not dealing with that right now. I am moving away, whatever. She moves in with the gaggle of the most adorable characters of all time. They're all queer and awesome and weird. And the food in it is, is like as tantalizing as the sexual scenes. It's so good. It's just oh. one of those. Okay. So she gets this job at a 24-hour pancake house and she has to ride the Q train to and from work. She meets Jane Sue on the Q train, who is all punk rock, all leather, all sexiness, all with a body count that rivals literally anybody all the time. She is the hottest, wettest dream. I was listening to an interview with Casey McQuiston. <laughs> uh, it's talking about they they wrote this character because they are the type of character they wanted to date. And okay. I think that yeah. they created a character that anybody would want to date. I'm just yeah. simply convinced that Jane Sue is everybody's type. Okay, so August meets her. And of course, she's like, oh, my God, this person's so hot. She starts seeing thing ads and classifieds that's like, who's this person on the train? But because August has this background of investigation, she's starting to piece together like, okay, there is something weird about Jane that she's always there no matter what time of day. And it's like this weird like electrical connection. And we find out that Jane is stuck on the subway from the 70s. Wow that this huge event happened that got Jane stuck on the subway. And every time her and August physically connect or emotionally connect, Jane remembers more of her life and what oh. got her there. And so they start bonding with each other because August is like, okay, let me help you piece together things. And then, then Jane starts figuring out, okay, I'm starting to remember the first girlfriend I have. Mm. I think if I kissed you, I could remember more because we when we touched thighs, this happened. When we touched hands, this happened. So oh, it's like a, it's no like a reason. Convenient. <laughs> no, the reason. I know, and we. I want to keep getting my memories back. <laughs> it's like no other reason, and we all know the readers know that the only thing we know about Jane is that we've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of backlogged lovers. Okay, yeah. so we all know. August is in for it. And August, being a Virgo, she's separating at the time. She's like, okay, I'm going to do this for research. So on the subway, in public, they start reenacting sexy scenes that Jane thinks that she remembers. Okay? All right? And they are both effective for me as the reader getting absolutely wazzed out in my pantalones. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then like the first kiss they have, I was expecting the first kiss because everything between them had been very like tense and sensual. But August is we, she's a, she's a virgin. And so she's very new to all of this stuff. And I thought that they would have just like a gentle first kiss. No, Jane pushes her up against the side of the subway we are reminded that there are people there, but because it's in New York City, no, I one, gives a reader, no one gives a shit. 
No one gives a shit. They walk in Central Park and they're like, yeah, I saw seven babies being made today. (laughs) Okay. And that is another thing about this book is that there's like this weird sci-fi element to it. And there's lots of things that even though it's supposed to be contemporary, it's like, well, this feels fantasy, but it's New York City. So it doesn't matter. Like all of this is so believable. And so thus starts the trope of this book. This type of shit would happen in New York City. Yeah. Oh. Somebody like in stuck in the city. 70s that always is on the subway? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's fine. I'm, I'm simply <laughs> convinced that that is, yeah. Well, and the whole reason that, spoiler alert, the whole reason she's on it is because of the New York blackout in 1977. So it's tied to his <gasps> uh, historical fact. She like oh. slipped into the railing, the rail, rail at like the moment that it blacked out. So her soul just got stuck in, in, the, in the subway. Okay. So we start this whole tit for tat of doing research and they're kissing out and making out on the subway. And it's like obviously building to a peak. There's lots of tension, but they're also figuring out a lot about Jane's life. And so we get a lot of emotionality. We learn about Jane's family. We learn more about August. August is like, we slowly watch her giving in to love. And so there's also this beautiful thing, but then the moment happens. The schmott happens. Okay. Okay. So August goes down. And she's wanting to do this like big confessional moment. Okay. She's wanting to tell Jane where she's at with things and everything. And also August is increasingly aware that if they are successful in getting Jane off the subway, because Jane can't leave the subway, Jane's probably going to go back to the seventies and not be in the present day with August. So it's, it's a lot of tension, right? We get on at 3am. Nobody's there. Okay. And it's like, oh, okay. So we've been around people now. What are we going to do? All right. Things start getting hot and heavy, everything. But then they're like, we can't have sex because some, some commuter is going to get on and we can't, we can't like get beaten up by people that could be homophobic, all this stuff. So, so because Jane is like electrically connected to the subway, they shut down on the Brooklyn bridge. The subway shuts down. Okay, all the lights go out, and not even the not even the motor, the like emergency motor flickers back on. So they are in the dark, and they know they're alone. And then they say that out loud. So even us, as the reader, we're like, they know that this is <laughs> this is it, this is it. And oh my god, I have chills. <laughs> so good. And there, and the thing is, is that. The the consent in this is so sexy. The way because yeah. Jane will like have her pressed up and her like underwear is gonna be in her mouth, and then she's like, "Do you want this?" And it's like, <laughs> I am literally no. gonna rip this book in half. <clears throat> gonna rip this book in half. <laughs> I I'm going to faint. I, I there's not enough vibrators in the world to to, to, to like figure this out for me right now. No. Okay. Oh my god. No. Nothing can replicate this feeling that I'm having. (laughs) Nothing can replicate. So, of course, and like they have their big climax just as the electricity comes back on. And then they have to like sit there in their post everything. And all the commuters are coming back on. But Jane likes to be marked and leave marks. And so they start doing that. (laughs) I, I know. I know. In August is is literally noting it all down. She now has a sex notebook because her and Jane started having sex. So all of her research she has on Jane. And she's, she's a Virgo. Like, and she's a Virgo. Wait, no, we all have 
important things to remember. Important things to remember. So hot, so beautiful. And then, I mean, every single time, the thing is, the entire time, every single time that they're having any type of physical interaction, except for that first time, or the the first time that they have sex is in front of people and around people. And after they have sex, there's this moment where Jane finger blasts her while there's commuters both next to them, just under her skirt. And August has to like figure out how to get her. Be normal. (laughs) Public stuff, man. That is, I listen, I have plenty of kinks. The, The the way that this is like, oh my God, this is really very solidifying my exhibitionism right now. Oh yeah. It's it bloop kink unlocked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so fantastic. And the and the way the book ends, I won't spoil everything just in case like other, you know, whatever. We can talk about the good stuff afterwards if you'd like to. But everything like you think that it's tied up and then it isn't. And then you think it's tied up in a different way and then it isn't. And the, oh my God, it just takes you so many different, different ways. And it's so fucking hot and so gay. And like the way they talk, because, because it's Casey McQuiston, the way that licking puss is described mm. is so good. It's, it's cinema. So good. It's cinema. <laughs> it's it is in my brain. It's like um, you know the you know the feeling of 2005 Pride and Prejudice feels like a very romantic one night stand, like a cinema like cinematography galore. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. This is that for like moments of smut throughout this book for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's what this book is. Oh my god. Yeah. I know. Oh my God. Well, I, oh, sorry. I'm like trying to come down from that. <laughs> I know. I know. The exhibitionism. You know, the first smut book that I was officially introduced to that Jillian gave me was Neon Gods, which has a shit ton of exhibitionism in it. And it went from like, oh, we're meeting and we're going to fuck to what do we, ne- what do we the next- to make your dad mad? <laughs> the next. <laughs> The next scene that they were together was like, boom, public. <laughs> we're it's in a so hot. Club. And it's amazing. No, it's it is. Hot. The thing is, is that that's hot. Grown. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> On the subway? On the subway. On the subway. The same. That's okay. I, I'm oh. into that. So it's, yeah. what is this, like a four peppers? This is, yes, I would say that this is like 3.5 to 4. I think like hardcore smut readers would say that this is maybe tamer. But to me, because of the moment, because it's so public, that ups the ante for me. Because I'm like, your back's getting blown out while there's somebody trying to get to their barista job right now. Absolutely. And you could be doing the same things that you would normally be doing in a bedroom. But if you do it on a subway, it is is a lot less vanilla. It's Exactly. It's like, well, we could be doing just missionary style, totally normal, silent. It doesn't matter. There's seven people watching us. <laughs> and so, yeah, to me, it's like 3.5 to four stars because of those moments. Yeah. Oh, I know. Wow. What did we give it stars? Why did we give it stars? Oh, she three and a half to four stars. That was peppers, right? Oh, Peppers. Yes. Okay. Three and a- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. As a book, for me, it's five. Hell five yeah. stars. Love. I love Hell it. I it's love going that. on my bookshelf. I love it in all its iterations. This is a five star for me. Oh, hell yeah. Get- Gold star for you for bringing a five star 
period to the sh- to the, to your first episode on this show virgo Amazing. i'm ready <laughs> only the best <laughs> only the best <laughs> only the best for the smut and dragons podcast are you kidding me <laughs> I'm so glad. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, Casey, um, what was the author's name? Casey again? McQuiston. Casey, Casey McQuiston. McQuiston. Um, that that is amazing. That book <laughs> sounds. I I needed a moment. Yeah, I know. Coming off mm-hmm. of that because that sounded that sounds good. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure how to transition to my book. What would you do, Meg? What what? Jesus Christ. What would I do? <laughs> On a subway in this what? situation? <laughs> Gosh. I, I literally <laughs> lost the ability to speak. What book did you bring, Maggie? Okay, what book did I bring? I brought Immortal Longings by Chloe Gong. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. This book is an Antony and Cleopatra retelling. Shakespeare. Oh, uh, but it's not Shakespeare. So the vibes of this book. Uh, so this is by Chloe Gong, um, who is, I looked it up because I wanted to make sure this has a lot of Chinese cultural elements within it. That's cool. Uh, it, it was so cool. Um, and I wanted to give, I would love to see this book as an anime or as a, full tv show uh but i i don't know if they could do it justice uh so what so th- it takes place in this city called san r which is san hyphenated r it is a twin cities one city is r and one city is san and one city used to be it used to be separate and then something happened and now they are joined together so first we have uh, the book opens with Prince August, who is obviously the Prince of San Ar. Uh, he is the adopted son and also nephew of King Casa, who is the ruler of this whole thing. And uh, he is looking out over his kingdom and he's looking down at, and this kingdom is like, these cities are, how would I describe this? It is, this is a high fantasy book, okay? And the city is grimy. It's got some like post-apocalyptic vibes. There are, this technology in it, there are screens and cell phones and computers, but they're hard to come by. Uh, But then there's also this magical ability that people have called jumping. And the first person to demonstrate it is Prince uh, August. So jumping is the ability to take your chi, which is your inner spirit, your personality, your soul, and you can jump and inhabit another person's body and like take over that body. So Prince August has a very powerful ability to jump, very powerful jumping ability, as most of the nobility do. Uh, and one thing with the element of jumping, a lot of people can do it in the city, um, but only the nobility usually have the most power, Mm -hmm. uh, the the strongest power. Mm -hmm. Uh, and this one thing that I thought was very interesting is that, um, 
if you are, if the vessel or the body that you're trying to jump into is sick, automatically you can't jump into it. Oh. Also, children are very hard to jump into unless you are very powerful, which I thought was very interesting. Very interesting tidbit. Anyway, so we have Prince August, very intelligent, cold, calculating kind of guy. Uh, and he automatically at the beginning of the book is looking out over this gritty city, uh, piss poor environment, pollution everywhere. Uh, people are like starving and King Casa has been holding himself up inside the palace for five years. Uh, has not left the palace at all and has been hoarding all of the wealth possible and basically leaving people to starve. So uh, the rest of the people to starve. Uh, so n he's doing a terrible Rude. job. And August is kind of getting to that. So then we jump to Kala. This is a high fantasy, so we got a lot of POVs. But the three main characters I'll go through is Kala. Kala is uh, in the city. She is grunge. She is grunging it. She says this really like hard ass quote where she says to live, to suffer in San R is not a punishment, but a way of life. It is such a hard quote. Uh, <laughs> and it basically describes what it's like to be there. So she is in hiding because she is the princess of R. Oh, her and Kala, my girl Kala, who I think is the Cleopatra uh, representative here, Kala's a bad bitch. This is a bad bitch right here. She has been trained as a warrior from a very young age, trained as a killer. Not just a warrior, a killer. Mm. Um, and Kala is in hiding. She's been in hiding for five years because she absolutely massacred her parents. Yikes. Killed her parents, who were the rulers of R, killed them, and has been, for some reason. And she has this goal to kill King Kasa, which is why he's been in hiding this mm. entire time. Even well, though like everyone... Yeah, it does suck. Um, <laughs> but even though everyone thinks she's dead, she's in hiding. So she's out here in hiding, and she is going to join the games. Now, this is where we have, like, it, this this book, I don't know why I haven't seen more of this book, because I really hope it blows up more. It, it is such a good book. Uh, the games are King Kasa's way of saying, here's your little chance to, like, gain some wealth and some, like, here's a little thing that you can do. And it's people basically, it is Hunger Games. Yeah, we have class mobility. Yeah. You just have to win the thing. You just got to win the Hunger Games, basically. It is a Hunger Games within the city. So people register themselves. They have a little wristwatch. And then they go and kill each other until one person wins. And they get a huge amount of wealth uh, to at their disposal. Crazy. And people join, this is the worst part, people join, uh, even people that join and end up getting out of the games or they, if they die in the games, 
their family is given a small compensation by the government. Oh, well, that's nice. So literally there are people that are like absolutely on their last leg. They are starving. Their families are starving and they just decide, let me at least join the game so I can feed my family. Jesus. I might die, but this is the one thing that King Casa offers as a like consolation kind of prize. Great. So, so people he, will he basically stopped. kill themselves. To yeah. Ensure that yeah. their family has some type of fiscal. Whoa. Yes. Okay. Yes. So very dark, very gritty. Uh, Kala keeps talking. She is joining the games because she wants to kill King Casa, and the way to get to him is to win these games so that she can get access to him. Mm. Uh, and she's a trained killer, so it's pretty easy for her to do. However, she is approached by, secretly, by August, the prince. And he's like, hey, I have found you. Hi, cousin. How's it going? And she's like, ah, hi. Um, and he's like, so uh, I see that you're trying to get into the games. And I'm going to help you because I also want King Casa dead. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to help as much as I can. And uh, you will win, uh, and you will kill King Casa, and then I will become the ruler and pardon you. And she's like, okay, that's fine. Let's do it. <laughs> she's a game Obviously, queen. Was a way she's better conversation in the book, but that's me summarizing it. Um, so they're in cahoots, okay? Now, Kala, one thing about Kala is that she can, she has the jumping ability, and that's another thing is a lot of people use the jumping ability throughout the games. Mm. Uh, and it's terrifying because the only way people know that you have jumped into another person is there's a flash of light to signal shows your chi being transferred to another person. Uh, and then the body's eyes will change to your color. But that is the only way you know that another person is inhabiting the body. And it is terrifying because if you are a good jumper, you can jump from one person to another, even non-players. And by the way, these games are going on just in the city, like with civilians. Oh, they're not like, not even like some sort no, of No, this isn't like they've... in a coliseum. <laughs> this is just in the city. Oh dear. In restaurants and there's street cameras everywhere catching what's going on and people are just watching on their screens See, and there's a race of murder yeah and they're just tuning in live while people are killing each other in the streets and yeah. in restaurants all kinds of stuff no it's terrible what and it's amazing to read <laughs> this, is, this is like fantasy meets purge meets hunger yeah Games. no and i'm telling you it is so so uh it's so good and i don't know why because this was just to me this was just as stressful and like fast-paced as um fourth wing mm. but one thing that fourth wing didn't do that i think this book does is again this book is more high fantasy coded as far as uh or maybe epic fantasy is the word i'm looking for mm. um because that's the only magic system is the jumping mm. um but this one builds a lot more like political intrigue than fourth wing did because i feel like fourth wing it was pretty upfront. 
you need to be a dragon rider. You got to go through these obstacles to become a dragon rider. Whereas this book, there is a lot of like very specific political intrigue, very specific world building. And that was one thing with the one star reviews that people were like, I couldn't get past the world building. Well, you've never, it sounds like you don't read a lot of epic fantasy because that's what, that's what epic fantasy is. It's world building. It's a whole lot of, you got to get through that. But oh my god! I'll tell you what: don't read *Priory of the Orange Tree*. Don't read *Priory of the Orange Tree*. Don't read any Brandon Sanderson book. Oh my god! Uh, god don't read Batman. Things. Batman has created worlds and languages that is just way it's, it's incomprehensible. Uh, so, Kala. One thing about uh, Kala is that she has the jumping ability, but she doesn't jump. She refuses to jump and you don't know why. So there's a little bit of that. Then we have Anton. So Kala, Prince August, they're in cahoots. Anton is also entering the games. Now Anton is a a prior nobility in the Palace of San and has a backstory where he basically was kicked out, was exiled Uh, and his body is his birth body, as they call them, is in the prison of the palace. Hmm. But the man has been jumping and living inside people for, I want to say five years, (laughs) has been living inside people for a long time. So (laughs) Hmm. he is literally a stowaway in people's bodies. That's crazy. So he is jumping from person to person and he can inhabit them for as long as he wants, but he likes just kind of changing it up a bit. So he just like, he'll just randomly find a rich guy, which it has to be attractive. That's one thing about Anton. He likes to have have an attractive vessel. It's important. So he just, he'll find the body of a rich guy and just kind of jump in and then live in his super luxury apartment for weeks and just (laughs) live it up. And then randomly weeks later, oh, go ahead. What? What happens to the rich guy's spot? Does is he aware? Is he just where does that no. soul go? No, they're just they're just asleep for a little they're while. Just and they wake up and, and he wakes up weeks by. later and he hasn't been to work, he hasn't paid his bills or anything, and his family hasn't heard from him. That's and he's horrifying that that could just yeah. happen to any anybody on the street could be someone and who could the, do that to that's you. That's the thing is jumping in this world is illegal, but you can't because of the complications of it. Nobody can keep track. Right. You can't enforce it. You can't, especially when the palace is literally jumping. Right. The most of anyone. There are people jumping within the palace. And you can see it because of the flashes of light. You can see the chi transfers. So it's a wild concept and I love it. Anyway, Anton. (sighs) (laughs) I have this little smirk on my face. So Anton joins the games. Um, he is, he's trying to get back at the palace. He's like, I'm a fucking win these games because I'm tired of them just ruining the city and I'm going to make a statement with the palace. So he enters the games and immediately the games start pretty quickly. And he sees number 57, who is Kala, absolutely slicing people. 
uh, on the uh, on the games. And he sees the camera and he's like, who is she? <laughs> he's immediately like, her, she is moving at She's a speed. She's doing a lot of murder, <laughs> twirling my hair. <laughs> she is moving at a speed that I really like. Um, and But he's also like, that is a threat that I need to eliminate because that person is very good. So he immediately finds Kala and starts fighting her. Stop it. I, <laughs> this is my favorite thing. My favorite thing is when they fight. But they're 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 they're, 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 tension, they're so and much they're sexy about it. There's so much sexually charged fighting and almost mm. killing each other in this book. <laughs> Thank God. There's literally a point. The first the first time he interacts with her and they start fighting, and she's like, "What the fuck? This is the first time like a person is actually good at fighting." And she's like, "Who are you?" And all of this stuff and. And he's, you know, he's doing stuff like being all sly, like, oh, I think you can do better than that. <laughs> and there's a point where, like, they stop dead and she's got, like, his her sword on his throat and he looks at her and he's like, you're beautiful. <laughs> and oh I... Oh, my God. Listening to the audiobook, I'm screaming. No. This is going to get quickly added to my list of book couples that I want to be right in between. And I just want to squeeze my way right up in the middle and say, do you need a third? Because, because I'm available. I could be available. Um, yeah. Anton is, uh, Anton's my boy. That is, that is a sexy man. And there's, there's a lot of that. The one, the very pinnacle moment, uh, not to give anything too much away, but the very pinnacle moment, she is literally about to kill him. And then they just like, fuck. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and it is. And and the whole time. Okay, so let me. Sorry, let me backtrack a little bit. I got too excited. So Anton uh, approaches Kala. After that initial, like, oh, you're beautiful fight. And then he, like, scampers away. And he takes her wrist, his uh, her uh, tracking device with him, which is the way she logs into the game to say she's a... Um, oh. Because that's another way you can get out of the game. You don't have to die. You can also just take your wristwatch off and, like, take your chip out and say, I'm out. Um, But you don't win anything at that point. You just, you just get out. So he took it. And she was like, son of a bitch. So she's like, August... You got to keep me in the game. My wa watch was stolen, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, she finds a way to find him and she gets her watch back. And he's like, listen, you are very good. And I am very good. What if we teamed up? What if? And we'll be allies until to make this go by faster. Because sometimes in the games, there's like 80, 90 people uh, registered in these games. That's a lot of murder. It's a lot of murder, and it's sometimes it can take... If we had to do all of it ourselves. Yeah, it sometimes can take months, so why don't we just, like, speed it up a little? You and I team up, and we can just, you know, be this unstoppable force. I don't know, or whatever. Or whatever. And so the whole time they're being allies, it is sexy Mr. and Mrs. Smith's shit. Like, they are, they are like... Shoo, 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 shoo. 
just killing people and fighting and having each other's back. There is one particular moment where they're posing as like a courtesan and a client. <laughs> like they're being chased and he's like, what do we do? We're kind of trapped. And he's like, you could pose as a courtesan. And she's like, fine. <laughs> and so, and they do. And boy, do they Boy, do they. And it is. Y'all, it is so good. Oh, my God. Um, And I was not expecting Spice. I was I came into it kind of blind. I knew it was like an Antony Cleopatra kind of retelling. And I knew it was had like some like Hunger Games kind of thing going. I did not know what to expect regarding the romance. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So I, this is like a, I would say this is like a two and a half, three peppers, Mm. pleasantly surprised. Um, and boy do, does the level of them, like the whole, even you as the reader the whole time, you're like, is he going to kill her? (laughs) Or either way. (laughs) I love that. Like hand on the throat, but like, is that what kind of hand on the throat? You know what I mean? There's something about a legitimate threat of death. <laughs> That's, That's very, very sexy. <laughs> very sexy. Um, so that and that alone made this elevated the spice. Like for you, maybe the spice was not quite as kinky. Mm-hmm. However, elevating it with the threat of death was yeah. Yeah, sorry, was sorry. something. So I zoned out just thinking about it. <laughs> There she goes. There I went. Sorry, it's me about one. Um, but uh, one thing that the the other thing about this book that I just I was so amazed by was just the, the writing. So this author, I've seen. Um, she has another Romeo and Juliet retelling oh, which was Shakespeare these violent delights I don't know if you've oh, heard of it I've heard that title before. I've, I've seen it before as well um but I don't know what it is about she so she's born in Shanghai raised in New Zealand I don't know what it is about these New Zealanders that are pumping out just raw talent <laughs> um literally the the books that I've read that come from New Zealand authors her and Tamsin yeah like well, I mean, like Taika Waititi, like just mm. unbelievable talent. <gasps> anyway, but the writing is just, it just is absolutely gut-wrenching. There was so many moments, like I was terrified, I was horny, I mm-hmm. was I was sobbing. Uh, there was one particular quote I wanted to say. That's the thing about audiobooks. You can't read it. Yeah, that is a problem. That is a problem whenever I listen to the audiobooks. You can't do the highlights like you can in the Kindle. Yeah. Oh, okay. Here it is. Uh, this particular moment was when they were, they were freaking. And there, she's like scratching his back. And he's like, he's like making marks on her, all of this stuff. And she, in their t- she's talking about how they're marking each other. And she said, let him mark her skin permanently as a memory of what divine agony is. Stop. <laughs> I'm going to throw up. Are you kidding? And it's just stuff like that peppered in with, you know, 
little things here and there. So I would give this, so this is definitely like a two and a half, three peppers. Stars? I would also give this a five stars, actually. Damn. Uh, I I love this. I love the originality of this book. This is, it's just, it's so freaking cool, man. And I would buy the hardcover, put it on my bookshelf, 100%. Um, oh, it, another one thing uh, as just a fun little tidbit, there is a major plot twist, a major identity reveal. Uh Damn. That is, I did not see coming, but that doesn't say a lot about me because I also didn't catch um, the riddle from Akatar. Oh my God. Are you <laughs> saying So that's a, that doesn't say a lot about me. <laughs> that's so funny. Did Maggie. you guess it, Summer? Did you guess it? I guessed it so quickly. I thought that Farah was joking. I was like, I, yeah, it's, it, I, it's very funny that you just didn't think about it at all because it's very obvious. <laughs> the thing that got me is once it, once she said it, I went, oh, you dumb motherfucker. You like, you moron. See, so it is plausible that Feyre didn't know because Maggie didn't. <laughs> and Feyre was under a lot of mental stress. So maybe I can't read. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, it had so much more to do with, I thought Amarantha was like not that smart of a villain. So I just assumed her riddle would be not as complicated. So I sort of deduced it more from, as a reader, Amarantha's not going to come up with with much. But that gets into, Avatar was a retelling and this book is a retelling and this whole author, its whole thing is a retelling. And I love that we're sort of getting back into that because Shakespeare is all retellings of primary sources and so now we can yeah. repurpose this material and it gets to be this whole other thing this book and i haven't really seen bad. very much like antony and cleopatra stuff no i've not that- seen any and i, I love antony cleopatra yeah yeah i had to google the plot because it's been a while since i've <laughs> it's been a while since i've read that one uh or seen it but um yeah no, I I I thought it was it was such a great concept, such a cool premise. The world building itself was like there I wanted to pull all of these elements that I could compare it to, but I really couldn't. There was just it was a lot of like kind of fantasy, kind of sci-fi, kind of modern day with some elements of magic mixed in and just cool, man. Super cool. Um so yeah, that's my book, Immortal Longings by Chloe Gong. Wow, incredible. And the uh, this is book one of the series. The next book comes out in 2024, and I, I need it. Desperately. Desperately. All right, Jill. My book is called My Roommate is a Vampire <laughs> by Jenna Levine. Oh, you read it. Okay. This book. <laughs> I am thinking about this fucking book. Okay, so premise um what is her name why can't i remember the main character's fucking name right now cassie cassie is an artist who lives in chicago she's uh not doing very well on jobs she's about to get evicted from her apartment right her and her um gay best friend are looking through craigslist like what can we find to like move they find an ad 
for a room in a very nice apartment in a very nice area in Chicago for $200 a month. That's And they're like, this is suspicious. And she's like, yeah, but I could like, if this is like real, I could like really use it right now. Um, So she emails the guy and she's like, hey, like, is there any, like, could you send me some pictures? Could I come and look at it? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. Um, Of course she comes, she gets there and um, he's like a night owl or whatever. Um, (laughs) So she has to go there at like nighttime. And um, he is like this very tall way too hot man dressed in Regency clothing in modern day Chicago. And <laughs> he couldn't have changed. No. I mean, I'm glad he did, but also <laughs> dressed in Regency clothing in modern day Chicago. And she is looking around. And she's like, wow, this place is really, really beautiful. And he's like, yeah, thanks. And she's like, yeah. It's like, And she's like, I shouldn't say this, but she's like, I just was wondering about the price. And, and he's like, what about it? And she's like, yeah, $200 is just like really, really cheap for this area. And he goes, fucking Reginald. Uh, just out of curiosity, what would have been a good price? <laughs> <laughs> what would have been a reasonable price? And she's like, oh, I don't know. And then she's like, haha, you're so funny. <laughs> and and he's like, haha. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I'll move in. He's like, okay, great. So that's totally fine. Um, You can move in whenever. Just like you have to be quiet during the day. I sort of sleep between like 5 p.m. and like 5 or 5, 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. And um, and of course she's awake during the day. And he's like, so you just need to be quiet during those hours. She's like, yeah, totally. And he's like, also, you can't go into my room. And also, you can't go into this one closet in the hallway. And she's like, the closet thing is weird, but okay. <laughs> she's like, there's not bodies in it, right? And she's like, why would you say that? <laughs> He's like, why would you say that? And she's like, ha I'm just making a joke. And he's like, ha, ah, hmm. Um, yeah, totally. Uh, nobody's in the closet. And so then she moves in. <laughs> and she tells her best friend, she's like, this guy is so hot. And he's like, I changed my mind. It's not a bad idea. You should never move in with someone you're attracted to. It never ends bad. It never ends well. And she's like, I'm going to do it anyway because of the price. And so she moves in. And he's like, also, I don't like texting and calling i really don't like the phone i prefer to uh communicate through notes so they leave notes for each other on the kitchen table um she is like getting ready to go to work in the evening one day and she's like i'm gonna make myself some pasta before work and she's like going to the kitchen she opens all the cabinets there's no pots no pans nothing 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 um she's like looking in the cabinets he comes behind her and he's like hello um also he calls her by like miss her last name i can't remember her he calls her miss greenberg Mm. he speaks in like extremely formal english and 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 she's like ah and she freaks out she like jumps up and bangs her head and she's like ow he's like what are you doing and she's like i'm looking for for pots and pans where are your pots and pans and he goes pots and pans and she's like yeah i was gonna make some dinner before work and he goes oh you want to (laughs) cook and she goes yeah (laughs) and he's like that's so interesting my pots and pans are being repaired (laughs) and she's like this guy is not doing a great job repaired (laughs) that's that's a thing he's like totally a thing um they will be back shortly and she's like okay well i guess i'll just like run by target on the way home and get something to like tide me over in the meantime and he's like no no 
I promised you that this would be a fully furnished apartment. I will go get pots and pans as soon as Reginald tells me where to get pots and pans. And she doesn't think anything. It's just like, he's got a kooky. She, <laughs> she doesn't read into any of this at all. She's like, he's kind of funny. And, and then feel she, bad for Reginald. She goes, to work, she goes to work at the coffee shop. She gets a text message at the coffee shop. He hates the phone. He, she gets a text message because it's urgent. He's like, hey. So Reginald has brought me to Crate and Barrel, and I was wondering if you eat a lot of sauce. And she's like, huh? And he's like, I was just wondering if you eat a lot of sauce, because I'm here at the Crate and Barrel, and there's a whole section of saucepans, and people seem to be quite enamored by them, so I was just wondering if you eat a lot of sauce. And she's like, haha, you're so funny. And he's like, haha. I'm funny? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, and I can't, I, you're going to get me in trouble for laughing out loud at work. And he's like, I don't want you to get you in trouble at work, but like, do you eat a lot of sauce? And she's like, haha, bye. And he's like, she never answered the question. So he buys like everything in Crate and Barrel. She comes home and there's like boxes everywhere. Um, Anyway, smash cut to a few days later. They have been sending little notes back and forth. She's drawing like little cartoons of them. Uh, on the on the notes that are related to whatever the notes about like when they talk about like trash who's gonna take the trash out like who's I gonna do this it. or that the other thing and she'll draw like little cartoons and he's like I love your little cartoons like you must be so talented but she's sort of like an avant-garde artist like she like uses garbage and incorporates them mm. into her paintings um as like a statement and he's you know very traditional yeah and so she's like he probably wouldn't actually like my pieces but he's like so enamored by her little drawings and um then she leaves her work one day forgets her sketchbook like while she's out and she's like oh shoot i need to go back and get that she turns around goes back home to get the sketchbook while she's there she's like i guess i'll get like a drink or whatever um for my walk over and she opens the fridge full of blood bags oh no and she's like uh, and then the door opens and his name is Frederick, Frederick and Reginald walk in and she's like, uh, Frederick. And he's like, uh, Cassie. <laughs> and she's like, what is this? And he's like, um, uh, I can explain. <laughs> and Reginald's like, you should have told, I told you, you should have told her. Walks up to the fridge, grabs one of the blood bags, like bites into it and like sucks the whole thing down while she's watching like, uh. And then, and then he's like, Reginald, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So anyway, that's how she finds out that he's been keeping breath from her, that he's a vampire this whole time. And, um, now they, now they live together (laughs) and he's just this most awkward stuck a hundred years ago for some reason. I won't get into the reason, but he's missed the last hundred years for reasons. And he needed to have a mortal, he wanted to have a mortal person to live with to teach like sort of subtly teach him how to exist in contemporary society because he doesn't know anything why am i seeing like an 80s montage of them going Mm -hmm. shopping for like (laughs) modern clothes and and let me tell you what there is a shopping scene and and (laughs) it's so cute he is 
ap- the most fucking rizless vampire I've ever <laughs> seen. He's so awkward, speaks so formally. He's just absolutely fucking rizless. And I think that is so funny. I was telling Andrew about this. He's like, this is actually kind of, Andrew's my husband. He was like, this is actually kind of sub- subversive for like the vampire genre because usually they're like yeah. extremely charismatic, like alluring people. And he is just like, He's Mr. Darcy. Uh, uh, he's even more of a babbling idiot than Mr. Darcy. Yeah. He's like, he's like a lot like Mr. Darcy in that Darcy. 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 Jesus Christ. Mr. Darcy <laughs> in that he's like brooding and like sort of dark and like um very serious, but also has absolutely no idea what's going yeah. on at all. <laughs> and and then he's like it's very cute that you see their notes back and forth. You also see him, his diary entries. Oh my God. His little diary entries. And he's like, I'm becoming more and more enamored with, with, with Miss Greenberg. Scratch that Cassie. Cause she got very upset with him for continually calling her Mrs. Greenberg. And mm-hmm. she's like, just call me my first name. Why do we be so formal? Anyway, it's so cute. Literally laughing out loud, funny at this friggin' audiobook while I'm listening to it. Oh my God. So you're getting like, uh, cutting from the narrative to yeah. his diary entries. Yeah, it, I, lo- I, I, I don't. Love this that. is like a little thing that I just really like in a contemporary romance when you see like the text message conversations. Oh. Yes, um, we get like that text message between her and him, and him and Reginald, <laughs> which Reginald is his vampire frenemy who has not missed the last hundred years, <laughs> and um, they love to hate each other, and it's oh. so fucking funny dude it sounds hilarious i mean just from the get-go my roommate is a vampire is is absolutely bonkers my roommate's a vampire and he's the (laughs) the silliest vampire like reginald can like fly and like vampires have like a lot of cool abilities i'm not gonna spoil to you what his power is because it's such a good moment in the book but it's not powerful at all he is like the (laughs) least powerful vampire it's a very silly power it's a really silly power i love that and if you guys want i'll tell you about it afterward but i'm not gonna spoil it on the podcast but it's it was so silly and funny and that's just so refreshing to read in a book about a vampire it is like a three peppers. There's like one good scene okay. after they like get together. Okay. And I'm a firm believer that you cannot have a vampire romance with at least a little bit of blood play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without it. Um, there. This is the least amount of blood play that you could possibly have in a vampire romance and it'd still be okay. And it was very cute. Okay. <laughs> okay. It was very sweet. Um. You just get the one scene, but the scene is good. I it's good. Yes, yes. You know, I I really I do. I really love that they have just made him absolutely like no charisma. No charisma zero. <laughs> like constantly making a fool of himself in public. <laughs> like there's there's a whole scene with them at the at the coffee shop. He's like she's like trying to teach him how to order coffee and he's like, but I don't drink I can't eat and she's like, You are gonna have to pretend obviously and he's like oh figure it of out course. Dude. <laughs> this sounds, this sounds like oh. like a vampire retelling of kate and leopold do you remember that movie with meg ryan and hugh jackman hugh jackman comes yes time travel yes that's cool. that's what i was thinking of in my awesome. head but i couldn't remember the name of it yes yes yeah. i don't it know if i've seen like it. it's a vampire 
Okay, so Kate and Leopold, side note, Kate and Leopold is basically um, this guy, Kate's ex-boyfriend goes back and is, discovers time travel. Oh. And goes back in time and brings back Hugh Jackman from, is it the Regency era, I want to say? Mm-hmm. And he's just this perfect gentleman. And he basically brings back Hugh Jackman's character and he's in full Regency attire and just shows up and is like, my lady. And and she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he's walking around modern day, like the 90s, um, as this extremely well-mannered Regency gentleman. And it is just the funniest, cutest thing. But it's also Hugh Jackman, and he is dreamy in the movie. You need to see the movie. We'll watch yeah. it. Well, we're going to have to watch that movie. We'll watch it. But yeah, it's it's he's also like he's so traditional he's literally not experienced the last over 100 years um and so she's like putting up her art in her room and like took down some things that he had because it was a fully furnished room when she when she moved Mm -hmm. in and he like walks in he's like oh what is it Because it's like it's like a it's like a seascape with like trash on it essentially yeah and he's like I don't get it, but explain it to me. Like, like he's, he's very sweet, very supportive, like so supportive of of the art and like of her dreams and like what she wants to do, which I fucking love. <laughs> and I love that it's like, at, like at first he d- he just doesn't get it, but he's so like, but sh- but tell me about it, but like explain it to me. I want to get it. I love that just supportive golden retriever energy. I don't get it, but I love it for you, babe. I know. <laughs> I know. That's my husband with this podcast. <laughs> He's like, you know, you got some weird books, but I love that you love it. Go live your dream. <laughs> the best, the best. Part, we should either do a segment one day where Nate comes on and I just tell him about my books because he, when. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the times that I've told him about the books that I had just talked about on the podcast when we recorded at her house, he's, he's like, like <laughs> scared, frightened, <laughs> frightened, and I'm just over here, <laughs> and I'm like, you see, he's a demonic being who lives in the stitched together skin of all the people he's killed, <laughs> and Nate is like, what did you just say to me? <laughs> But like, like crazy. Crazy. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's got a vibrating dick tail on seven. <laughs> the vibrating tail. <laughs> she listened to that. It it's so very, funny. it's it very important. <laughs> the most wild trope, not even the most wild trope, but definitely one that gave me pause. <laughs> I, I didn't even think anything of it because that is like, it's such a how many vibrating tails have I read? <laughs> it's I mean, so it's monster fucking. Something on them is vibrating, or their wings. They orgasm seventeen times through their wings. Yeah, they yeah. orgasm seventeen times. They have two dicks, possibly. They have wings that are as sensitive as their dick, or tail as sensitive as their yeah. dick, or both, and, and or vibrating tail, or um really long tongue, also yeah. very popular. Big thing. Zero Big refractory thing. period. Zero. Zero refractory period. Very important. Oh yeah, tentacle. Oh, yeah. They can go and go and go and go and tentacle go. Tentacle. Stuff. Tentacle stuff. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so yeah no we do we do and we need to have a segment where segment where we just bring nate on and you just talk at him yeah <laughs> i told him just bit. about the wild wildest grossest shit and he just has to be kind of polite he's like okay sure <laughs> <laughs> like, 
like the Krampus book? <laughs> like the Krampus book. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was an episode. So, um, <laughs> yes. yeah. So he's really supportive of her art. He's very supportive of her art and it's very sweet. Um, the The only thing that I will say about this book is that I feel like the character conflict was enough. There was another conflict that was sort of like slightly brewing through most of the book and then it like came to a climax and then we just solved it. Oh. And I was like, well, I mean, I feel like at that point we didn't need it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that is the only thing that's cutting any points off of it. This is like a 4.75 for me. It would have been a five stars if we just didn't do that. Yeah. Because we didn't really need it. We could have wrapped it up. Is it a in long a book? Way. No. It, it was like an eight hour audiobook. So it's not, it's longer than some of the other things that yeah. I read. Um, but not incredibly long. I do not know how many pages it is. Yeah. It doesn't, in it a doesn't book. sound like it would be a book that would need to be that long. No. But no. This, would you say this is a kind of a cozy, like, yeah, not nothing really bad. Happens. No, the the one the one thing that is the most bad we solve so quickly and it all sort of comes up at the end. Okay. Um. Okay. Yeah, and it's and it's fine. Uh, but that is that is the one thing that's holding it back. Is is I feel like if we were gonna have it, like the conflict that was there, it's I'm not so much disputing the fact that it was there as like how easily we tied it up. Like, yeah. it was like, it's this big issue, except no, it's not, because we fix it. Yeah. First try. <laughs> very, very Game of Thrones season eight of them. Yeah, we just wrapped <laughs> it up, and and it was fine. I feel like if we were going to have it, we needed to have a, oh, we tried to fix it, and then we failed, and then we tried a different thing, and then it worked. Or something like that. Yeah. You know? I okay. totally understand, because I feel like some extremely smutty books, they try to have a plot, but then they just get to the next sex scene and I'm like, just do it. Just, just, just forget about it. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Don't just worry like, about just it. it. Just, it's fine. Yeah. So it's like 4.75 because of that. Otherwise it would be a five. Okay. <laughs> well, that's okay. Two out of three ain't bad for five stars. Period. Yeah. That is pretty good. So if you could, Summer. Yes. Very important question for you. If you could describe one last stop. In terms of mouthfeel, if you could like give it a vibe, swish it around in your mouth, mm -hmm. tell people what that it is. What it feels like in there. What it feels like in there. <laughs> how would you describe it? I love this. Okay. <laughs> so you're at your favorite coffee shop. All right. It is mm -hmm. the beginning of fall. And mm -hmm. it's the type of coffee shop that you usually always get there and it's bustling. But today it's just like you and another person. It's cozy. And today's the first day where it's cold enough that a hot latte feels good. And all the house-made syrups are in there. So you're doing like a hazelnut lavender hot latte. You're going outside. And you have the type of work that it's not stressful work. It's just exciting academic validation kinky work of maybe a little bit, depending on who you are. Oh. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to submit this assignment and feel really good about it. <laughs> and you have all this kinetic energy and like the sun is rising. You're in like a very pretty part of Brooklyn or like a big city. And you yeah. know, you're about to have like definitely morning sex really quickly, right after oh. you have this coffee and your work, you're going to go do that. And that's your day. 
That's from my oh, I love that. That's good. That's great. Yeah. Oh, that good. That's good. That feels like you thought about it, but it you didn't. I didn't. I you didn't. really didn't. <laughs> I didn't. You didn't, right? <laughs> I didn't. You listen, you told me don't think about it. And I was like, my brain said, yes, yes. <laughs> I won't think about it. I won't. Between that. <laughs> um, my book in terms of mouthfeel, this is going to feel, this is like definitely, uh, um, this is like also New York City, mm. but like not fun New York City. Like the underbelly. This is City. awful, like grungy, super uh dark black grays kind of colors blacks grays and browns uh grungy everybody's kind of wearing coats and hoods and masks and uh you're you're going and grabbing like you're going to this hole in the wall dumpling place and grabbing just like a tiny tub of dumplings and you're horking it down mm. super quick because you because you're running. You got to go somewhere. It's very urgent. Uh, it is nighttime permanently and it's like it's rainy, but not but like just the wet drizzle that's like, is it raining or is the sky just like melting on me kind of thing? Uh and it's very gritty, um, but then there's a lot of like harsh neon lights, but then there's also this kind of like, the neon lights also give it a very sexy, dark, mysterious feel at the same time. Like you're wearing a mask, but it's kind of hot. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. Like you're wearing a mask, but it's very hot the way you're wearing it. And everyone else looks kind of cool and mysterious with their masks on. So uh, that's the vibe of immortal longings, I would say. Hmm. That's the mouthfeel. Hot. Um, now, what about you, Jillian? My roommate is a vampire. So, <laughs> so we're in a very well-kept Victorian manner by ourselves. Listening to Shake It Off, eating a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> Taylor Swift, Shake It Off? Yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to Shake It Off, eating a grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah. In a Victorian mansion. That that feels right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. I'm just going to keep at that. Simple. Short, short and simple. To the point. That's what it is. This is the kind of book you're going to get. Mm -hmm. Grilled cheese sandwich, Taylor Swift, Victorian manor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, that's, that's the Holy Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> that's <all. laughs> In the name of the Taylor Swift, the grilled cheese sandwich, and the Victorian Manor. <laughs> we found it. Oh, man. Um, Summer, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I've had so I much am fun. beyond thrilled. Oh, my God. We just have one thing that we really need to remind you because it's very important. Got it. Do not. Forget to charge your vibrator. I Don't forget, guys. yesterday, all day, a 24-hour charge. Perfect. Yesterday. Perfect. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, Summer, do you have any projects you want to plug real quick? Oh, projects I want to plug. I am in Christmas Carol at the American Shakespeare Center. I will also be in their spring season and perhaps a Pride and Prejudice play. People will see that. And then, yes, I am working on something about the neighbor and okay. I... <laughs> Uh, perhaps it's a rom-com memoir of sorts. 
we'll see. But yes, things okay. are things are in the worst. Also working um, in tandem on a cozy queer fantasy that's going to have lots of smut and spice and a little hedgehog named Warty. Oh! oh my god! I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, well, if you want to follow Summer, uh, just TikTok and Instagram, Summer N, as in Nancy, or whatever your middle name is. Nicole, <laughs> I'm a boring, if my name was Summer Nancy, bye-bye to you hoes, because I have gone <laughs> and have been president. It's Summer Nicole. It's so Nicole, okay, N as Nicole, Summer N, England. Yes. Um, Fantastic summer. Thank you so much for having us. And uh, as for you, hoes, we'll see you in two weeks. Love you. Thanks for listening to our show. For more content from us, follow us on TikTok and Instagram at a podcast of Smut and Dragons. If you want to follow either of us individually, you can find me, Maggie, on Instagram and TikTok at Tea with Margaret, and Jillian on Instagram and TikTok at Jillian Keishlin Art. Leave us a comment and say hi, guys. We would love to hear from you and hear about your thoughts on the books we've read. Also, please be lovely and leave us a little sassy review on Apple Podcasts. Tell us we sound nice. That's all for now, babes. See you in two weeks for our next episode. Okay, scram. Love ya.